G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. The mid-season Pacific Rugby League tests are in doubt, shock horror probe, uh, from 2023. You know, uh, Samoa, Tonga, you know, th- those great showdowns that we've seen midweek. On the back of the new TV deal in Australia, which saw Channel 9 become the free-to-air broadcast again, drop another $575 million. So they've banked about $2 billion, the NBA, uh, the NRL, in the last year with TV rights because we're going to have midweek origins back, women's origins going to a multi-game series. So what about international rugby league? Well, and Andrew Abdo, the NRL CEO, said, we very much care about international rugby league. We are very committed to international football, but an international football window that happens in October and November makes more sense for anyone. So is that the case for NZRL CEO Greg Peters, who joins us now? Do you prefer the window or are you disappointed we lose the midweek Pacific tests in 23? Uh, good morning, Stephen. Great to be chatting to you, and even better be talking about rugby league on Christmas Eve for sure. <laughs> yeah, why not? Summer yeah. holidays, summer, summer holiday songs don't seem uh, uh, aligned with rugby league in the in the summer. But yeah, look, um, we've known about this for some time. It's not really new news in many ways because they've signalled it, and we've been talking to them um, throughout about the implications for, for our test match program and for rugby, international rugby league in general. But um, in actual fact, uh, it was always a scramble to get that match in June together because you, you get players dribbling in on Sunday, Monday, depending on when they played their last NRL game. You get a couple of training runs in and then you play a game and then everyone's taken off again to get back to their clubs. So for us, having a kind of contiguous window in October, November, five, six weeks, enables us to build a decent programme around the Kiwis and Kiwi Ferns um, and you know, all the high-performance things that you want around the team, building the culture and the stuff that we normally wouldn't get an opportunity to do on an ad hoc sort of one-off basis in, in June and maybe another test at the end of the year. When do the Kiwis play next? I know we've got a Rugby League World Cup next year, but when are you hoping they get some some work in? Yeah, yeah, well, it's two years now. It's a long time. Uh, we were hoping to get something in, up at the back end of this year, um, but that just, uh, for all the reasons we all know, uh, it just wasn't feasible. We're, we're, we'll be playing in June next year, um, um, come hell or high water, um, and... Uh, unfortunately, most likely in Australia because of the um, the border settings that we've currently got in New Zealand, which is problematic for a number of sports, not just rugby league, as we know. But um, so we'll, we'll bank the uncertainty, or the more certain uncertainty of, of um, settings in Australia, um, and and plan something for June next year, which will also have a Pacific flavour as well. So the other the other games you talked about built around uh, the Kiwis playing as well, and Kiwi Foods, I might add. How has rugby league survived with two years of no footy? I mean, has this put a strain on resources? Um, well, we had the Kiwi Foods, luckily, uh, got them playing um, Samoa 
at uh, Mount Smart last year, so there's been one yeah, international that's, yeah, match for us. That's, with with respect, that's not a blockbuster that's going to fill, the, fill no. the, the pocketbook, is it? No, no, but we've been very grateful to all our key partners. Um, have uh, We've just re-signed two of them for another four years in the last uh, couple of months, so the loyalty of our, of our sponsors uh, has been amazing through this period and, and kept when they haven't seen any international content, but they've supported the domestic stuff that we've been able to get up throughout the throughout both years. So um, we're pretty lucky on that front and, and very grateful to our main partners to stick with us through what's been a pretty challenging time. We talk a lot about national teams being, you know, role models, heroes for the next generation, but with nothing to watch, what's the local game like at the moment? Is it suffering? Um, look, I think you know if you look at the Warriors, we want we want the Warriors back in New Zealand, and they're, they're the shop front window week in week out. We don't obviously run them, but we need them back in the visibility of the game in New Zealand at that level. I think is really important, and they know that too. Um, so, so we would miss that. Um, but you know, with the NRL being able to be played, and with a number of our Kiwis um, shining, and some of them shining for different reasons. <laughs> Um, than, than maybe we want them to from time to time. Uh, the, the visibility of the game is, is and our top players playing week in, week out, and you know, as is evidenced by the team or the paper teams we were able to announce a little while ago, uh, pretty exciting talent out there, and people bought into that. So we've done what we can, and without the international fixtures, and we've had domestic football's been pretty good really because we've had the under-20s which we started last year and we'll have again uh, at the beginning of 2022. Uh, That that was exciting because that's the kind of top young talent in the country before they take off to play play, play NRL and so that was showcasing all of that top talent. Um, And the domestic stuff's been really strong and unfortunately of course with no Auckland teams being able to participate in our um, local competitions this year that was devastating to them but we were able to still play uh, the balance of the competition mm. you saw things like Otago beat Canterbury for the first time since 1920 something Yeah, so, you wouldn't uh, have picked that in yeah. a month of Sundays but but that, that has been no. coming that's been coming though right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean that, that sort of thing in Wellington winning the women's competition which you know, to be honest, if the Auckland teams are playing, that would that would be more difficult. But it gets it builds the profile and it builds really important shines a spotlight on on areas where we need to be stronger. Wellington growing, Otago coming through. It's fantastic. Do you think there is a greater need? And you talk about strength. I'm hearing rumblings that the districts want to have a greater say in the game. What do you say to that? We we we, we run a zone system in the game. I understand that. Yeah. But the districts are, are, I'm hearing rumblings, the drums are beating. What's your response to the districts wanting a, a greater say in the game? Well, we're, we're actually aligned with that. You know, we want district football to be strong. So that's why we've got the District 9 starting at the beginning of next, again next year. So that we're building up the, building up the activity in districts is really important for us. It's, it, and it, we've got a lot of work to do because it, over many years it's withered away, which is part of the reason why the zone structure came in, is because the districts at the time um, were, were in a bunch of trouble. Mm. So now, now we need to build that up and slowly add momentum to it and, and create. So one day you are seeing 
um, Taranaki playing Waikato, you know, that, that, that sort of thing is where, where the heart is, isn't it? So that's, that, we're aligned with that. Are you, are you like me, hanging out to see some international footy being played in New Zealand again? Oh, we're definitely hanging out for that. <laughs> um, unfortunately, as I say, 2022 is going to be problematic um, because June and the border settings at that time, as we understand, you know, they might be. And then we've got the World Cup at the end of the year and then we've got to get back. When I came into this role, I wanted to play more football in front of the fans and family at, at home. And we achieved that largely in 18 and 19 and now, of course, being derailed in 2021. Yeah, it's a crazy world we live in. Hey, mate, thanks for your time. Uh, we love our rugby league, uh, we do, and many, many people around the country do as well. Have a safe and happy Christmas, and uh, we'll talk in the new year. Thank you, Stephen. Great to chat. Cheers, and all the best to you and your listeners. Thanks, mate. NRL CEO Greg Peters. So there you go. You're not going to have any international footy in the country next year just because of the border settings. And, of course, in England, there is the Rugby League World Cup, which was put back a year after both Australia and New Zealand set players. And they came out and said, we don't want our players with any thought of contracting COVID. So here's hoping by the end of next year we're in a better situation.